Let's start with a movie. A movie about a woman who overcomes stereotypes and becomes a really successful lawyer. I, I, I'm sorry, are you here to see me? No, silly. I go here. You, you go where? Harvard. Law school. You got into Harvard Law? What, like it's hard? Oh my gosh, Warner, it's gonna be so great. I'm planning this great mixer, you totally have to help me. I'm thinking like a luau, or maybe like casino night. This is gonna be just like senior year, except for funner. Uh -huh. Oh, uh, time to go, I have to go to class, but um, meet me after on the benches, okay? If it's not clear by now, that clip is from the 2001 romantic comedy, Legally Blonde. Hi, my name is Fike Udulaja, and I am a product manager and also the founder of the Kumu Circle, which is a lifestyle community for African women in their 20s. And I live in the UK. When Fike was 10 years old, she watched Legally Blonde, and right away, she knew that she would study to become a successful lawyer just like Elle Woods, the movie's main character. But the tipping point for me personally was watching Legally Blonde. And I was like, oh my gosh, it seems so cool and so interesting. And to be fair, I was always kind of like a little freedom fighter. I'm always like, oh my gosh, that's not fair. Why would that happen? How can we make that right? So my personality just kind of Named that way, and I, then I was also quite good at things like history and um, literature and English. So those are my strong subjects. Wow. What do you remember? What it was about Legally Blonde that made you feel like this is my thing? Beyond it being, because cool is kind of vague. Like, was there something specific? <laughs> I love pink, and that was her color. And I was just like, oh my gosh, she's so me. Um, but beyond that. I think I just enjoyed the fact that in the movie, she stood up for herself. She went to law school, did the hard thing, and then turned out she was really good at it. I enjoyed like watching the courts process. Um, and then even the part two as well, fighting to get like Bruce's bill, Bruce's bill passed. Yeah, this is how much I've watched this movie. Like it's one of my favorite movies. I remember everything. Um, yeah, I, I like the sense of like accomplishment, working to solve a problem. Now, Fikir's love for law wasn't just because of Legally Blonde. Yes, the movie played a big part. But as she grew older, she also asked herself hard-hitting questions about whether or not it was the right path to go. She took up a couple of law internships, which she enjoyed. And yeah, she figured, this is for me. In 2015, she gained admission to study law at the University of Manchester in England. Then, she went to Nigerian Law School in 2018 after she graduated from uni. Her big dream was to be able to practice the profession in Nigeria and England. But one day in 2020, while working at a law firm in Lagos, Nigeria, she felt off, like time was slowing down around her. She had everything she always dreamt of, but it felt strange. And law suddenly didn't feel like her calling anymore. She began to doubt if practicing was for her. And that's when everything changed. Okay, I don't want to do law. What do I want to do? It's not like I had any burning dream. <laughs> At the back, I was just like, ah. and that really sent me into a loop. It, 
I essentially had a quarter life crisis. I think I was 23 at the time. And I was like, oh my God. Hi, my name is Aisha Salahuddin and I like girls. This is a narrative storytelling podcast about African women and the different experiences life throws at us for being women. Today's episode is about Fike hitting the brakes and taking a left turn. She had been on a straight road since she was 10 years old, but at 23, she decided to make a left turn, you know, to switch things up. She had to reinvent herself in a completely new career. So, how did she do it? What did she gain? And what did she give up? Well, let's start from the beginning. Fike grew up in Lagos, Nigeria with her parents and two siblings. As a child, she was generally unproblematic. She talked a lot and pretty much had a mind of her own. And as you know... I wanted to be a lawyer. And I am. Um... Why I wanted to be a lawyer was, I remember vividly, I don't know who it was, but I know it was like one of my parents' friends. And they were telling me, oh, you know, you like talking. <laughs> uh, or you, are you like, yeah, you like talking, you, you know, maybe you should be a lawyer if you like reading and stuff as well. And people always used to say, oh yeah, you argue a lot, definitely going to be a lawyer. So yeah, it wasn't all legally blonde. After secondary school in Nigeria in 2013, she moved to Lincolnshire in England for her A-levels. And in 2015, she studied law at the University of Manchester. She said she loved her uni experience. I mean, she struggled in the first year like many of us, but she was able to walk through the chaos and graduate with a solid degree. Yeah, so I, I tried new things in uni. I traveled, I did summer jobs, I made long-lasting friendships. I lived on my own for the first time, had to pay rent and all those things. Um, yeah, I, I, I had a great time. I don't have, like, bad memories of uni. I really enjoyed it. After uni in 2018, she came back to Nigeria to attend law school for a year. Doing this meant she'd be able to practice in the country. Her plan after this was to also get a training contract in the UK. A training contract would allow her to qualify as a solicitor in the UK. To summarize, her experience in Nigerian law school was overwhelming. The classes and exams were super difficult. There was a lot of coursework and material to look through. It was exhausting. In fact, studies even show that the Nigerian bar is among the top 10 hardest bar exams in the world. But yeah, Fike tried to find happiness in the midst of all the madness. So law school was intense. But again, I made amazing friends. I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I did it the year I did it. I, again, I enjoyed the experience. It was chaos, but basically my law school friends are my friends for life because we are bonded by that traumatic experience. (laughs) So law school passed and Fika was called to the Nigerian bar. In 2020, she got an internship to work as an associate at a Nigerian law firm. While she was working at this law firm, She was also applying for training contracts in the UK, you know, so she can qualify as a solicitor over there too. What's a training contract? What's that? So it's basically when you train, you're a trainee at a law firm for two years and they basically, you can rotate through different practice areas. 
and then you qualify into a specific practice area. Um, and that's how you qualify as a solicitor. You also have to take, you have to do the, um, oh God, LPC. Yes. So that's the like legal practitioners course. You take that. I think that's where it stands for anyway. <laughs> you take that, do the exam and then training contracts and then you're qualified. So basically you have to take an exam and do some work. Fika was getting close to the life she dreamt of when she was 10. You know, being a really badass lawyer. Until she started feeling out of place. It suddenly felt like law wasn't her thing anymore. So tell me, tell me about like some of the things that you noticed in general that just made you feel like, "Mm, I'm not sure like this is for me. So law, again, is not an easy path. It's long hours, attention Mm. to detail, lots of cerebral thinking, like, it has to be very switched on. It's a lot of pressure. It has to be sharp and on it. And whilst I think I am all those things, I also know that I basically couldn't see myself giving it what it takes to be the best and to progress. And I didn't want to be anywhere where I wasn't going to do my best work and put my best foot forward. And to rise to the top in the legal industry, it requires a lot. So I just kind of, I started having that feeling early on. I was like, I don't think I want to do everything it takes to become a partner. Like I'll have to find clients. Like I have to build relationships, lots of politics. And this is not specific to the firm I was at, by the way. It's just like general across the industry. Working as a lawyer gave Fika the awareness of what it actually took to excel and grow in the field. And it's not that she couldn't make these sacrifices. After all, she had worked so hard her entire life to be called to the bar. It's that she didn't want to make those sacrifices. Now that she was aware of the specifics, she didn't want to go through all that trouble. To her, it wasn't worth it. And I think a theme across my life so far is just that I will always examine it. Like, I'm very happy to change my mind, even if I think, oh, this is what I want to do. If I start to have any doubts or um, uncertainties, I will, sorry, I'll look into it and I'll examine, I'll question. I, I am, someone said this to me the other day, an introverted extrovert. So everything I'm processing, I'm thinking through it. And even being a lawyer, you know, you, Think logically. Okay, what does this lead to? Why did this happen? You question everything. Um, so nothing just happens for me, honestly. So yeah, Fike had to ask herself hard-hitting questions about everything to be sure that what she was feeling wasn't temporary. I mean, we've all had moments of doubt about our work and career plans. I was asking myself, who am I without this thing? And will people take me seriously? Also, I spent so much time doing this thing. I finally become it, and now I don't want to continue. It's kind of like doesn't make sense for who I am as a person. Like, I just kind of see things through, even though I also know I changed my mind. But it was just like, okay, but we had many times where we could have turned back. Um, and also, I think the most important thing is I don't like uncertainty, which is why I examine everything very closely and make what I deem to be mm-hmm. practical decisions. I was like, I don't actually know what I'm going to do. I don't know what is next. And that is scary. 
I completely understand Fike because it happened to me too. I spent a significant amount of time and resources studying finance from A-levels to uni, learning the ropes of accounting and studying to become a chartered accountant. And sure, I knew the basics from studying and speaking to other accountants, but it wasn't until I started working in an accounting firm that the reality of what it took to excel hit me. I'm sure there are many accountants who love their jobs and do great work, but personally, I found this uninspiring and I knew it wasn't for me. Just like Fike had to figure out who she was without law and decide her next steps after working hard to get that life she dreamt of, I had to figure out who I was without accounting and finance. Basically, I had to start from scratch. I imagine you probably had to also like explain to your parents like, yeah, this is why I don't really want to do this anymore. So walk me through what I guess that conversation was like. So my parents are very... They're not really, I would say, like, the traditional Nigerian parent type. Bear in mind, like, this whole story, I haven't really spoken about them making any decision for me, honestly, because they kind of let me do my own thing. They, I mean, it helps, I mm. guess, that we're on a traditional path, maybe. But even then, they weren't like, oh, you must go to this school and you must do this and you must stay in the UK and you must come back. They're just like, okay, what's next? This is what I think I want to do. Okay, that's cool. Um, so my parents trust mm-hmm. me. I think they trust my decisions. And at that point, obviously, I'd proven that I was trustworthy. Um, so I just kind of said, look, guys, this thing, I'm not really enjoying it. I've tried it. I've qualified. I've done it. And I'm young. So let me go and try something else. If all else fails, I have a very solid place to land but this is the time for me to explore um and yeah my mom especially was just like yeah explore like what do you think you want to do and I was like I really (laughs) I don't know but just give me three months I'll figure it out three months and then I'll go back to law if I don't find anything like let's do some negotiating here for those three months you have to fund my lifestyle please (laughs) so Fike had three months to figure out her next steps, right? After 10 months of working as an associate, she quit her job, even though the firm really wanted her to stay. She went back to the drawing board. Okay, so basically you struck a deal with them, like, give me money for three months while I figure out my shit. If I don't, I'm going to go back to law. So did you, at the moment that you were sort of having this conversation, did you even have a plan or you just trusted yourself that I'll figure it out? So at that point, because I already had the realization that actually I didn't want to stay in this thing anymore, I had started doing research. I was taking all these quizzes, like, what should I do? This is my personality type. I remember one of them telling me to start an ice cream truck. And I was like, whilst I love ice cream, um, that's a hard no for me. Uh, And I knew that, okay, if I want to explore something, I'll explore in the area of tech. Because obviously at that time, tech was becoming a really big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just thought, it's also the future. Like, we're never going back from this. So I might as well be somewhere where, like, that's just what is happening right now. And it's an industry that I can grow in and explore different areas. So I started looking, okay, what kind of jobs are there? At first, I thought I was going to, like, start coding and do front-end um, type of mm. things 
at the time I had a blog and I had like set up by myself, which required a tiny bit of like HTML. But <laughs> I was like, actually, I don't want to code. Um, I started thinking, okay, what about law do I enjoy? What don't I enjoy so much? And basically, I settled on product management. That makes sense. So after taking multiple quizzes, researching and going in circles for a bit, Fikia decided she'd work for tech companies as a product manager. She chose product management because it required a couple of skills she already had from being a lawyer, like communication, strategy, problem solving, research, empathy, and time management. Those were all her strong suits. She just had to transfer them from law to product. Same skills, different applications. How would you explain product like management in the simplest way to someone who has never heard of it before? So product management is you're basically managing the product. So essentially you're at the center of like the interaction between the customer, the business, and the tech team. So you get the business requirements, communicate that to the tech team alongside them building it, you then see how it does with the customer, you test, you give feedback, you just make sure everyone is aligned. Like, okay, customers really want this, but this is going to cost the business this much. You have to prioritize. What should we do? Um, maybe we can give them this instead. Our customers are saying they want this thing, but actually what they really want is this other thing. Um, so it's actually a lot of like people management, lots of prioritizing, Things got a little technical after that, but the gist is that product management is about managing products. So a product is a thing that can be created and offered for use to people. So your iPhone 14 Pro Max is a product. The Barbie doll is a product. And that shirt you're wearing right now is a product. The product manager is basically the class captain. Let's pretend that this podcast is a product. It means that the product manager has to figure out who the audience is, what type of content the podcast will focus on, how to keep the podcast sustainable, and how to give you, the listener, what you want in every episode, and how to continuously upgrade the quality of the podcast. It probably seems like Fike had it easy. You know, she quit law and suddenly found her new calling. But it wasn't that straightforward. She went through a quarter-life crisis first, where every day she kept questioning everything. Even when her research led her to product management, it wasn't all peachy. She still had doubts and constantly wondered if she was making the right choice. Thankfully, she had really supportive friends who held her hand as she ventured into this new world. I did not know what I was doing. It was just one thing leading to another and just like taking steps. At the time, I remember I even bought this, not I bought this book. So my friend, one of my friends from law school, bought me a book for my birthday that I think I had on my, my wish list or whatever, called Everything is Figureoutable, just to show you the space I was in. I was literally <laughs> like, what am I doing? Um, and she got me that book. And I remember the, the author says, clarity comes from action. So basically, you have to just do something, move in that direction, and things start to become clearer. Um, and since then, that's always stuck with me because I can get in my head and overthink. But if I just take a step, even if it's in the wrong direction, then I'm like, okay, actually, no, let me go back. 
or forward or sideways, whatever. So yeah, she took baby steps till she eventually gathered the courage to start looking for product management roles. She also took a bunch of online courses and read everything she could find on becoming a product manager. Now, product management till date is quite difficult to break into um, because it's a bit of a chicken and egg type of situation where everyone wants you to have experience, but obviously nobody wants to give you the chance to get the experience you need. So, uh, me being the problem solver that I am, (laughs) this is obviously after freaking out. And all this time, I'm still very much going through my crisis, by the way. I basically reached out to my network, realized someone was building a startup. And I was like, look, it's not like I know what I'm doing, but I would really love the opportunity to... (laughs) just practice what I'm learning or like run it by you and test it out on your baby product, please. And she was like, yes, please come on board. I need hands for certain things. So I helped her with random things, but also just gave me an opportunity to just put something on my CV. That makes sense. Fikia basically reached out to people within her network and asked to be an intern to get real life experience working on a product. She also sent random emails and LinkedIn messages to people in such roles. She was kind of like, Hey, I see you're a product manager. What does that mean? What do you do? Her cold emails and hard work eventually paid off because in November 2020, one of the people she randomly dropped messages for needed an entry-level product manager and gave her the job. And they hired me. They took a chance on me. They knew I knew nothing. They essentially taught me, the basics of the basics and yeah like that was a great experience for me so time passed right and three years on Fike can now proudly call herself a product manager without feeling inadequate there's something else I need to touch on before I tell you what Fike is up to these days it's called the Kumu Circle so, when Fike was experiencing her quarter-life crisis, you know, trying to figure out what to do after quitting law and where to find a community of young women like her, she realized it was hard to find a space where she could access help, comfort, mentorship, and support from other women. Except for her close circle of friends who supported her, she didn't really find any blueprints on how to approach reinventing herself as a woman entering into a new career. So, she decided to do something about this problem. So I started the Kumu Circle in January 2021. And at the time, it was just on Instagram. And it was, or it is, a lifestyle community dedicated to helping African women in their 20s live happier, healthier, and more confidently. At the time, I think we had a different like tagline. I can't remember it off the top of my head. But <clears throat> over the years, it's grown from just Instagram, to a newsletter, to a WhatsApp forum. So we have a newsletter, we have a WhatsApp forum. And we've hosted events here and there. Um, But really, it's just a space for women to come together, specifically African women, specifically African women in their 20s, to come together, ask each other questions. You know, we have people sending in questions in the group saying, hey, this is happening to me. what advice do people have? Can you ask people for this? Or, hey, I need a job. Can people share stuff or recommend me or whatever? Um, 
so it's just a, a space for that like conversation. Yeah, so think of the Kumu Circle as a platform where women can access all kinds of information about a variety of things affecting them. So while Fike started it because she needed resources for her career, the platform is much more than a career forum. It's for conversations about pretty much anything relating to women in their 20s, mental health, body positivity, entrepreneurship, you name it. Yeah. So, no, I'm very glad that you said this, um, just to emphasize that it's not just about careers, because I feel like I needed that, because every time I think about myself, I just think about myself in the context of my career. It's like, but then when you start trying to strip things out, like, oh, but what else? It's like, oh, I don't know. So it's like just a reminder on my end, like, yeah, please. There Wait, are other let me ask a question, because I actually okay. in the group a few weeks ago. If someone said mm. you should introduce yourself and you can't say where you're from, your identity, I mean, sorry, your ethnicity, um, your job, your age, go, introduce yourself. <laughs> uh Ah, I hate this so much. Okay, so yeah, my, I can't, I can say my name. My name is Aisha Salahuddin. I, I am a person who loves to consume stories um, in whatever format or form. I love watching TV. I love documentaries, listening to podcasts, um, talking to people about their stories. Um, Lots of K-dramas. I love K-dramas. yeah, it's not as hard as I thought it would be. But my first thoughts would have been talk about my work. Fiket took me by surprise there, but that exercise gave me a bit of context about the Kumu Circle. They're building a community for women to feel valued even outside their careers. I love it. You should try it too. If you had to introduce yourself without saying where you're from, your ethnicity, job and age, what would you say? While you're thinking about the answer, Let's take a quick break. I'll tell you what we care is up to these days when we get back. Okay, remember that someone that Fike had reached out to about product management in the past offered her a job as a junior product manager. Well, as you know, that job was pivotal in helping her learn the ropes, the basics of being a product manager. She was getting pretty comfortable in the role until something else started bothering her. And I was in Nigeria and I'm blessed to have the parents I have who Mm. have given me a lot of exposure and opportunities and access. But that only meant I was just like, okay, so why am I living here like this? And I was in my parents' house, but the issue was I didn't feel any ounce of independence. Like at the time, my salary would be for buying fuel in my car and doing like my hair on my mm-hmm. nails and if I wanted to do my hair on my nails again I'm just gonna be like oh mommy oh daddy please can you um and every time I traveled they would fund my trips right and I'm just kind of like but I'm actually an adult and I'm working and this does not make any sense I actually understand what Fike means her parents pretty much covered all of her major expenses she didn't have to worry about much And as a result, she didn't feel self-sufficient. She wanted to be able to go outside, to touch grass, and to experience life on her own as an adult. And look, it doesn't mean she wasn't grateful for all the support she was getting. She just wanted to try her hands on being independent, on doing things for herself. 
I respect that because for many people, including me, the default would have been to let my parents continue funding my lifestyle. Anyway, Fika decided to leave Nigeria. So I was just like, I'm going to move back because I want to travel and I want to have the independence of being a 20-something-year-old just doing her thing. That makes sense. And the only way I can maintain kind of the lifestyle my parents have given me is if I move Mm. here and I'm earning a certain, you know, amount. So... That makes sense, yeah. And I was like, well, on this new career path as well, it probably is also helpful to be here um like tech scene is also kind of popping in the uk and in london specifically mm-hmm. so i moved back once we can made up her mind to move back to england she applied for a ton of product management roles and after about five months something clicked and in october 2021 she resumed as a product manager at a financial services company in england I asked her how it all felt, you know, making the decision to start over again in England, taking up a new job again, and embracing a life of independence. I mean, it was more like, I don't have a choice, but I also very overwhelmed. I didn't actually realize again until this year, just how unsettled I felt last year, because I was like, I'm moving to the UK independent I don't want any help Mm. from my parents and of course they helped me but I was like this is me I'm doing this by myself apart from like buying me my ticket to move here Mm -hmm. and that was it like I had some savings the first couple of months before I started my job I was like I'm here um and so living away from my parents when I am the one now responsible for paying rent for paying bills for making my food getting myself to work like being social staying in touch with family back home uh it was a lot (laughs) a new job a new culture because I came from a small startup to a massive company like global company learning the culture there learning how to to just you know, make myself seen and heard and, you know, also assimilate. There was a lot of moving parts. Yeah, it wasn't a walk in the park, but she knew she had no choice. She made the decision to lay her bed. So, of course, she had to lie on it. Now, two years into settling down in the UK and working as a product manager, Fika feels more confident in her decision to quit law. So you feel like now, compared to last year, you've gathered, like, probably all the relevant skills you feel more confident um so does that mean would it be accurate or fair to say that last year was kind of like your learning phase and now you're just like yeah i can do this better yeah i mean obviously still learning but it was definitely more of a like oh my gosh like leading meetings on my own for the first time and i'm like and honestly why this happened to me particularly i'm not sure but i had a lot of change so like managers Mm -hmm. left like colleagues left i went from managing one team to two it was just a lot of things were happening and i was just like this is a bit crazy i also had to move flats unexpectedly which also shook me because i'm like i only Mm -hmm. just settled in this place i have to go and find somewhere else um so yeah it was like a very was my trial year of being an independent adult and I did okay. I think she did okay too. I want us to slow down here a bit to take in the gravity of what Fika is describing. 
Because she explains it in a super laid-back way that it's easy to miss how much work and dedication it took for her to get here. So, Fike spent a significant number of years in school, from A-levels to uni, and then law school, studying to be a lawyer, preparing to be called to the bar. After working for a while, she figured law wasn't for her. So, she made a complete turn, abandoning everything she had worked towards and starting from scratch. She worked on researching career opportunities, taking courses and internships in product management, networking, and sending cold emails. It takes a lot of dedication to put in this amount of work. Not just that, she made a choice many would consider crazy, leaving the comfort of her parents' home in Lagos, moving over 5,000 kilometers away to England, a new place, new responsibilities, and new expectations at work. So, at age 26, she went through the craze of settling in, moving apartments, paying bills, managing the culture shock of working in a big company, and learning the ropes over and over. It's not a small feat. It's the mother of reinventions. And Piquet pulled it off. If someone said, hey, look, like, I'm about to transition to a new career or whatever, and completely new field, I don't know where to start from. And you were to sort of give bullet points, like, okay, first things first, identify this, do that. Like, what would your what would your bullet points be, basically? My bullet points would be, and I actually wrote this in an article. So let me try and see. Let me see what I come up with off the top. Do you want to like dig up the article now? Let me That's just check because honestly, I actually wrote it. I'm very big on documenting things. So everything mm-hmm. that I think is documented one way or the other. <laughs> that's that's fair. Because this so, might help someone okay go go for it okay one use google basically do your research you'll find out your options are endless you don't need to learn to code to venture into the tech space obviously this is tech specific but whatever it is just do your research i find that people come to you and they want you to give them the answers but people are more receptive when you say oh i read this or i saw that or i watched your talk now i'm doing this and then they actually open Mm -hmm. up way more because you've done something nobody yeah like it just it it looks better that makes sense if you're transitioning to a new job new field new school whatever it is research is key to have to learn about where you're moving to who the major players are the skills required to excel there the courses you need to take and so on arming yourself with research notes help you to be better prepared Network, mm-hmm. use your existing network. I told you the power of networks are matched. That also makes sense. And I feel like when people hear networking, they always assume it's this grand gesture where you have to go out and meet people and exchange business cards. Sometimes it's as simple as asking your friends, colleagues, siblings, and parents about whatever opportunities you're looking for. For example, when I was transitioning from accounting to journalism, My way of networking was asking my friends and acquaintances to introduce me to people in their own circles who are journalists or presenters. Be committed to continuous learning. So shout out to my primary and secondary school, same school, um, for their school motto, which is the culture of continuous improvement, which means that I'm always looking to improve, always looking, like I'm always learning and keeping a very, very open mind to things. be open-minded, see the opportunities, not the roadblocks. Of course, things are not easy, nothing is, but I believe very much in doing the hard thing. I feel like it's more rewarding and the, the effects are more long-lasting. This is valid. 
when making transitions of any kind, we have to be open to learning new things and picking up new info that we didn't previously have access to. And finally, believe in yourself. If you don't back yourself, no one will. Um, and be willing to invest in the transition, your time, your money, and your energy. Those are pretty solid points. And I hope someone out there looking to transition finds these pointers useful. You know, Fikia and I talked for close to an hour. After she dropped these transition tips, we kind of drifted off a bit, talking about random things that I can't remember now. And the Kumu Circle, her platform for supporting women. Remember the question she asked me earlier about introducing myself without mentioning where I'm from, my ethnicity, work and age? I traced back at her, basically, a redo of her initial intro at the start of this episode. Hi, my name is Fike. I am a person who is very passionate about creating spaces for women to just be themselves, whoever that is. I really enjoy rom-coms. I think I've watched basically every one that is worth watching, in my opinion. Um, I enjoy reading. I enjoy writing and poetry. And... Maybe I've been enjoying the gym. I've been enjoying like being a bit more active. I really, really love my friends, I, my family. I enjoy traveling and having new experiences. I, I'm definitely more of an experienced person over like things. Um, I'm very sentimental. And yeah, I really enjoy podcasts. Hence why I'm here. Um, and I, I'm always rooting for women. That's it. <laughs> at the start of every episode i always ask guests to introduce themselves with their name what they do for work and where they live but Fikes format isn't bad in fact i feel like her approach is much better for learning more about people before now i thought of Fike as a lover of the movie legally blonde who got called to bar but made a daring move to switch careers and learn product management and yeah she's all those things but now i know that she loves rom-coms and podcasts and traveling I wasn't sure how to end this episode because, as you can hear, I've gone in circles quite a bit. So I'll leave you with this quote from Fike. It's about how, as women, it's important for us to try new things, new careers, even if we're terrified and unsure of what comes next, just like Fike did. Don't let the fear of striking out keep you from playing the game. And I think that sums up my life nicely. <laughs> Don't let the fear of striking out keep you from playing the game. Thank you for listening to this episode of I Like Girls. I Like Girls is produced by 27 Productions. If you'd like to get in touch with us, visit ilikegirls.co. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at I Like Girls Gang. Please rate and review I Like Girls on whatever streaming platform you listen to podcasts on. Rating us helps other people to discover the podcast. This episode is written and produced by me, Aisha Salahuddin. Audio engineering is by Dooski. And our theme music is by Bangs with a double G. The rest of the music you heard throughout this episode is by Blue Dot Sessions. I'll catch you on the next one.